Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, my friends, to the Self-Doubt Solution Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. And today, I have a wonderful guest all the way from Canada. Her name is Catherine Contos, and she truly is a versatile business powerhouse. She's an author, a speaker, a business coach. She has consulted the Canadian Parliament. She has won multiple awards all over the world. She's been featured on TV, magazines, newspapers, radio, you name it. And she is the founder of Retreat Boss, where she has made it her life's mission to help others create transformational experiences, which I'm really curious to hear more about. And this is all about fun, profit, bonding, growth, like the kind of retreats she puts together are transformational in their nature. With that, Catherine, welcome to the show. My goodness, what an intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's different when you see it on paper and it's different when, you know, someone is talking about it and speaking about you. It's just, oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, Thank you so it's much. It's true. It's true. And it, it, is, it is all true, but it's, you know, like when you look back at everything, it's like, my goodness, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, your your spirit and your energy that comes through makes you very, very young. So I really appreciate that. And, and Catherine, you. I want to, just for our listeners, you know, so they can have a little perspective, someone tuning into the show, how can you support them? So anybody in the wellness uh, industry, uh, anybody in human resources or, or has a company that wants to offer their team uh, a way to connect again, because there's been a lot of disconnect over the past few years, to reconnect, to bond, to uh, reinstate and reinforce the vision of the team. I'm the person to come to uh, because I will help you create that transformation and that connection again with your team, uh, with your people, whoever, whoever is um, your client, maybe, you know, or your sales team, whatever it is, you want to create that connection again, then I can create that for you through retreats. And that mm -hmm. means I'm planning it for you with special uh, transformation codes, if you want to call them, and techniques to, to really elevate the retreat to where you want it to be. Wow. So so if I hear you correctly, say I wanted to do a retreat, you mm -hmm. would actually help me do the whole thing from start to finish. And you would even help me with the, the content that takes place in the retreat. I would I would not uh, get involved inside your program. But what I would mm -hmm. do is tell you uh, how to roll it out and when to roll out specific parts of your program. Oh. And if there's something that I feel can um, enhance it with my techniques, like my choices will be very, very curated to what you want. And what, when I say you want your goal for your clients, your, your team, whatever it is, 
I will curate whatever I choose to that. Mm. So I get to know whoever I'm speaking to really well. I get to know their program really well to understand what it is that their intention is. And once mm. I know that, I go with it. I love that. And, yeah. you know, and, and in that, a question that comes up for me is, when was the first time that Catherine experienced the power of transformation? The power of transformation revealed itself to me about 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. And I literally um, just everything fell apart around me. I had just launched a retreat for addictions and um, literally just launched it. And I was losing a lot of weight, thought it was just the stress of, of launching this really big um, project of mine. I had taken a building, transformed it in and transformed it into a retreat space for addictions. I recreated a program. Uh, I was featured in psychology today. I was, you know, there was a lot of rolling parts, hiring staff and all of that. So I, I didn't realize I was, I was ill. And then I, I did, <laughs> I found out I had stage three breast cancer and pretty much everything I knew just started falling apart. My marriage, I got divorced during chemotherapy. Um, my business, I had to shut it down, although I still kept the building and that's where it kind of launched itself to, to being something incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my beauty, my hair, right? We, the, what we consider beauty, hair and, and eyebrows and eyelash, everything was just gone. And I was going through surgeries and, and the full recipe of everything, a cocktail of drugs trying to get me through uh, what I was going through. And um, during that time, I actually faced death like most people who get diagnosed, they think cancer, death, not, it's not necessarily true. Right. Uh, especially uh, with all the uh, research that's been done and by facing death, which was something I feared like most people all my life, I, uh, I took its power away from me. I actually accepted it as a possibility, a very good possibility. And by getting into that acceptance, I regained my power. And during that time, I was meditating and praying a lot, a lot, a lot, like morning, lunch, afternoon, dinner, whatever. I was praying a lot. I was meditating a lot. I isolated myself. I retreat. I retreated literally from uh, technology, from people, from negativity, even if they were good people or my family, whatever it was, I just eliminated everything around me. And pretty much locked myself in my room almost, right? I would come out to eat, maybe, maybe. I would, you know, do my things that I needed to go to the hospital. And then I would just concentrate and focus completely on my goal, which was to live. Wow. And um, one day, and I'll just go retract a little bit. Before, before my cancer, because of all the stress I was going through, there were certain aspects of my life that were really not going well at all. And I went into a very bad space mentally. Uh, I felt very overwhelmed and stuck. You know, my marriage was falling apart, like I said, and all of that. And all these things were happening. And I felt like cornered. And I felt like there was no way out. And one day, just from crying so hard, I was on the floor crying. And I asked, I said, God, take my life away. Now, I would never commit suicide, but that was just the words that came out of my mouth. 
um, I didn't want to live the life I wanted. Like I'm not sorry. I didn't want to live the life I had. And then literally two days later, I started getting symptoms mm. and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, <laughs> why did you listen to me now? <laughs> Seriously, why did it was you just a joke? Now? I was just like, it was a bad night. Give me a break. <laughs> mm. Right. But it did. I started getting symptoms. And little afterwards, I found out I had cancer. Like a few months later, I did find out I had cancer. That gave me the power of knowing that if I gave that to myself, I can also take it away. And hence, that's why I retreated and I completely focused on everything that, you know, to live now. And God did take my life away. He took away everything. And I was reborn during that time. Mm -hmm. I got transformed completely. I am not the same person I was 10, 12, 15 years ago. I am not. You are not seeing the same person. And one day through deep meditation and praying and say, God, you know, I want to live. I want to live. Heal me. Heal me. God, you know, like just repetitive over and over again. I suddenly just lifted myself because I was lying down in, you know, like on my knees, but on my bed like this, I just over and over repeated. And then suddenly I just felt this energy and I just lifted myself up and I felt this bright, bright light that surrounded me, a very, very bright light, so bright that like, it felt like the sun was right in my face. And all I felt was this beautiful energy, this, this time, like time warp. I don't know what you want to call it. I didn't, I couldn't see time or tell time. I couldn't even know. I can't even tell you if I was breathing at the time. Like mm. it just, everything stopped. There was nothing around me, but light. And I don't know what happened there, but it was just, everything stopped. And I feel like at that moment, something just changed in me. Um, they call it the quantum field. Scientists call it that, right? I entered the quantum field. Uh, in, in, in my eyes, I, I entered God's arms, you know, mm. and I was seeing some kind of something bigger than me, you know, yeah. I, I, I can't even like, I try to describe it and I can't, but there was a lot of love. There was a lot of like, just this beautiful love, peace, whatever you want to call it. But I felt it. And I'm not the only one that has gone through this. There has been many cases of this. But I really, I just stayed there for a while. And that was all due to the fact that I just isolated myself and just really focused on my goal. Yeah. No, no doubts. <laughs> no, I knew I was going to heal myself. It wasn't, I was trying to convince myself. It wasn't like I'd like to. I knew I was going to be mm. fine. Yeah. And 10 years later, almost 10 years later, I'm, I'm standing here before you cancer-free, uh, in a very different life than I had. Um, back then I got remarried. Uh, I actually manifested my husband to the T, like exactly who he is without even knowing that that's who he'd be uh, when I met him. Uh, I'm a good, I'm, a, I'm big, I'm big at manifesting. So, you know, mm -hmm. like I actually manifest a lot of stuff that happens to me and uh, good and bad good and bad when the bad thoughts come into my head I'm like no 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 stop thinking that <laughs> stop thinking that you know mm. because it's like they're, they're very powerful my thoughts and I've yeah. realized that over time obviously yeah so yeah so, so that's where I got transformed and 
it's been my purpose since. This this is amazing. I love that. Thank you for sharing the story. And <clears throat> it's very interesting. You know, I, I don't believe that things happen just like that. I believe there's always a connection and a reason. And as you were speaking, it took me right back to my days in uh, in my pilot training program with Lufthansa and where it all started for me. <clears throat> and I had the very same thought that you just shared because I was going through a major depression. I was in chronic back pain. I was cultivating su suicide for, for quite some time. And then I watched Tony Robbins and Les Brown on YouTube. And the thought popped into my mind exactly as you just shared it. Wait a minute. If I'm the one who created all of this, this suffering, this, this, this hardship, this depression, then I can also create something else. And I think this is so important because a lot of people live in this sort of victim mindset where they believe life is happening to them, where it's like, you know, oh, I'm being punished for something. And I think you make a really powerful distinction. You're like, well, actually, I created this. I don't quite know yet maybe how I did it, but I did, right. you know? And here I am taking responsibility because now I can create something else. And I love how you use prayer, um, uh, visualization, meditation, and you make a distinction. You said it wasn't like a, I think it's going to work. I believe it's going to work. You're like, no, I know. It's inherently, it's, it, it's this gut sort of response that says, I know this will work out. Yeah. If you take, you know, I had the the privilege of, you know, uh, graduating in psychology and all of that. So, and also being involved in that business of, of you know, helping people and all of that. I used every tool I had, everything, everything I knew, every tool, every motivational, you know, I would listen to Tony Robbins and to anybody and anybody that anybody and anything that yeah. can give me some kind of, um, <clears throat> Um, lead as to what to do, whether it was, you know, spiritual or, or just words or just whatever it was, meditation, any tools, visualization, I used everything I got. And I completely focused on one thing and one thing only. And if people could do that with their business, with their relationships, with their, you know, just take it all, take everything you've got and completely focus on whatever that dream is that you want to accomplish then you will accomplish it and nothing will stir you. You know, I had obvious huge obstacles to go through, mm -hmm. but because my why was so big and I'll tell you, my why was not to live only for myself, but for my 10 year old daughter at the time, my why was bigger than anything I can possibly have ever had before. It was huge. And when, when things got really tough during that time, Okay. People lose their business. They go into depression and commit suicide at times. People uh, get divorced. They go into a depression. Uh, people get cancer and they go into a depression. I had all of that happening, becoming a single mom. And I also launched the business you see today. I launched it on my laptop in between two surgeries at the beginning <laughs> of my cancer. I said, I have a building that is burning thousands of dollars every month for upkeep and it's empty. What am I going to do? So I took all my business knowledge, again, all my tools and said, okay, well, I'll, I'll give this a try. Went on my laptop, created a website. 
hired staff. <laughs> Literally, I was taking phone calls in bed. People had no idea. You know, they were talking to somebody battling cancer, you know, and I was just doing my thing, reserving my space. So mm. it all started there on my on my lap. Literally. I think what you just said is is so crucial. And I really want our listeners to listen in for yourself as well, because you said, you know, you're in this really difficult space where I'm assuming many people would throw in the towel and say, you know, this is this is it. I can't deal with with, you know, I have to deal with cancer and now I got to deal with a business that's falling apart, a marriage that's over, a, a child that I have to take care of, you know, so many things. And you said your why was so powerful that there was no option of it not working. You were like, this exactly. will work, right? So you dial down on this why. And one of the things that you also brought up, which I see a lot, I see a lot of people when they talk about why they bring up this, I want to change the world. And, you know, I want to, um, I want to uh, end poverty and, you know, all these amazing things. And yet I still see them not fully connected to that. But when you make a connection, which is usually in your personal family, the power that why delivers is so much stronger. I've experienced it myself where I'm like, well, if I'm not going to be this in this position that my brother who lives in Sicily will never get to experience the life that I got to experience. And he will just go through all of the cycles that all the others went before him because there's no one there that can take him out. And that moved me to tears. That that made my heart beat faster. And I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go for it. There's no way. So I'm curious, you know, have you had that experience where connecting with this, like this lofty why versus the why that's like in your, uh, at night when you come home and you put the blanket over her, how is that in, in comparison for you? The, the, it, it, it was all kind of, how can I say it? It was not, not even connected. It was just all together, you know, meshed all together when all of that was happening. When I was praying and 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 finding that space, the prayer was being was with her visualization as well. The her smile, you understand. So mm. your why, your why is not only in your mind. People don't realize this. It's hunger is a big one. How hungry are you for it? You know, uh, but it's not only in your mind. You have to uh, actually feel feel it inside you. It's a sensation that, you know, I was picturing myself with my daughter uh, in the future, watching her graduate um, and, and actually feeling that sensation. I was I was in the scene, you know, like I always say, picture the scene, picture a movie and you're in it. I was in the scene. I was crying and laughing, watching her, you know, uh, graduate. I was watching her give birth, you know, like whatever it was whatever scene I played out in my head, even when I was doing chemotherapy, I would close my eyes and visualize a light coming in me. And this is the chemo. As soon as I would, because you would feel the injection, you would feel the, um, the sorry, the, the, it, it's kind of a bit of a burning sensation, right? So you actually feel it going through you. So that first push. And as it's going through, instead of thinking chemo is my enemy, which is my first thought when I first got diagnosed, I made it my friend because that was part of my healing. And I pictured a light coming through me instead of um, 
chemotherapy, <laughs> the bad word, right? Uh, a light coming through me and actually healing me and destroying all the bad cells that were going, mm. you know, that were growing inside me, killing all the bad cells and then it releasing itself at the end. I was picturing that, you know, what, and that's all I ever did was just visualize and bring myself in there. And that's why I think when I saw that, when I felt and saw that light and, and I just felt just this love and energy, I knew something was happening. I didn't know what was happening because it wasn't something like I planned. It just happened. Mm. And I knew, oh my God, this is powerful. This is powerful. I've repeated that, but not to that level. At that level, that was crazy. That was crazy, the level I, I just brought myself in there. But I have repeated it since. And it's an incredible feeling. You feel like you're like on some crazy drugs. It doesn't make sense. You know, like I that, that sensation that I felt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I very much resonate with what you're saying. And this this to make this a visceral experience, a full body experience, because then the body can trigger the genes that then actually create the healing in the body and epigenetics, right. bringing that in and there. Exactly. And, and I, I've, I, I've done the same thing many times over and over where I had this full on feeling in my body and I was you know combining it with a strong vision which then helped me manifest the thing that I wanted. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you also bring forward this notion, which I think is very critical. You know, I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't fighting the chemotherapy. And, and I often see people that fight doubt, right? Self-doubt. Oh, self-doubt is the enemy. Fear is the enemy. Where actually, if you do it, you create more of the thing that you don't want. So I really appreciate this perspective of, of of bringing in healing as a as a integrative holistic concept and i want to ask you one more thing that you brought up earlier you were talking about how you essentially locked yourself up in a room and you would just went fully into that so i'm wondering from your experience what role does your environment play when it comes to the healing process, the, 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 and just in general, the process of building whatever you really, really want out of life. It has a lot to do with it. Surrounding yourself with stuff that inspire you for whatever reason, or, you know, look, people think uh, when you retreat yourself to a certain, they, they think it has to be a certain way. It doesn't, it has to just work for you, not against you. Yeah. It's very important that you isolate yourself away from anything that distracts you. Okay. That's the point. The point is you have to have no distractions mm. because, because there will be eventually there we live. We're not, you know, I had the privilege at the time to be able to uh, do that. Some people don't for whatever ABC reason, maybe, maybe they have five kids running around them, you know, uh, whatever it is, I was privileged enough to be able to do that. But even if you're not, you have to find a way to be able to do what you need to do in order to, to fight against anything that will distract you from your goal. Okay. Mm. And when I mean fight, I mean, you're trying to really just stay focused, fine-tuned, like, like an athlete does, you know, when they're right before a game, um, just prepping themselves, a lot of them meditate, a lot of them, you know, they do all that focus work. That's what they do. 
And that's how I felt. I felt like that fighter in, in a, uh, in a battle when they're, you know, punching each other out, like whatever. And I was in the, you know, when in the countdown, I, I have fallen now, right? That's what I felt. I felt I had fallen and they're doing the countdown 10, nine, eight, right. And right before they, they're at that last one, I would just get up every time I felt like I was really, really down because my focus had to stay where it was no matter what. And when you do have doubt in your mind that you're not going to accomplish something or you're not good enough or whatever it is, there's a reason it's there. You know, every emotion that we have, there's a purpose for it. It's how you use that emotion to get you to the next level or where you want to be. I could take fear and I could have it cripple me. And that's when the doubt comes in and whatever, and it becomes this like storm of just sadness and, and feeling deflated. But what if I took that doubt and say, well, why am I doubting myself? Why do I feel fear? Okay, fine. You know, maybe it has to do with the limitations that we have in our lives that have been programmed from young, both me and you have limitations that we don't know about yet. And maybe we will never know because we were programmed from a child, right? right? To, to believe and know a certain way. There was this research where they did, they put, I don't know if you know about this, where they put flies in a, in a jar, okay? Initially, when you see the jar, the flies are flying out of the jar, okay? They're mm -hmm. leaving, they're flying out, whatever. And then what they did is they, they put a cap on it. So they were still trying to get out, but now they knew there was a limit. When they took that cap off, they did not fly past that cap after because they were trained, they were programmed to limit themselves to just fly up until where the cap was. They were programmed. And that's what happens with us. So now we're not even aware that our limits are, are there. And what you need to do is deprogram as much as you can and become the core person of who you are, which is something I teach in my program. Who are you? Align yourself with the person you are, not what your mom thought or your friends thought or your colleagues thought or the person that bullied you in school. Become the person you are at your core. And then you build a retreat off that. You build a business off that. You build your life off that. And I promise you, you will feel fulfilled in every way possible. Yeah. And that's what happened to me 10 years ago. Yeah. I stripped myself of everything, everything. Yeah. And I rebuilt myself. And I want to use that teaching to teach others. That was my purpose since. And it you know, it's just through my work, through my life, through my charity, through everything I do is to give that, those tools to people to transform themselves into whatever they're looking to, to be or live. <clears throat> so many valuable golden nuggets, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, I very much resonate with what you're saying, um, especially about the part of finding out who you really are and then building a business around that. And for me, that became so clear when I went through my dark night of the soul. And <clears throat> then I recognized I can actually build a business that will put me in a vehicle where I am required to dig deeper and deeper and deeper within myself. So my level of success in my coaching business is directly tied to how much I am willing to lean into the healing work, to lean into the discomfort, to lean into the shadows. Because I could just say, 
nope, I don't care. They're all bad. It's all their fault. You know, I don't like them. And, you know, I could right. be fine, fine with that, but I don't want to do that. Why? Because I want to be able to be an even more powerful coach that I can relate to people. And I find that as a coach, you can never take people deeper than you have gone yourself because you have no formal point of reference there. So I really love what you're saying about building this around yourself. And I want to shine some light on <clears throat> what you said about sort of like, you know, having this very committed level of high performance focus, like almost like an athlete. Now, as you and I both know, and many can relate to this, is like on paper, this sounds really simple and, and right, straightforward. Mm. But then you have your mother who calls you and say, you never pick up the phone. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> Why do, then your father, da, 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 da. then you're a friend. You know? People have an opinion about anything and everything that we choose to do, especially for people like you and I and all of the listeners that are misfits, that are rebels, that are pioneers, that are free thinkers, where you're going against the current way of programming. And so I'm wondering two things. One, how have you dealt with the looming fear of rejection for going your own path? And do you now have some tools that you can share with our listeners where they might be like, yeah, Catherine, what you're saying is absolutely true. And my mother-in-law would kill me. I can't do that. So there's a few things. Number one, you have to prioritize yourself, period. Uh, you have choices. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. It's called a filter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many of my clients have that issue of like my mom, my dad, they always, uh, they get involved. They tell me I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And, uh, you know, like, or they're getting involved. And, and I'm like, as much as you love them, you have to learn to initially because you don't have the skills. Okay. You're going to, you're going to learn them as we go, but you don't have the skills to do, to stop them because it's like, it's your mom. What are you going to do? Right. You, you've got to limit them. You got to actually stop them. Tell them, please stop. Please stop. I don't want to hear that anymore. It's called boundaries. And yes. when they pass that boundary, that and that brings you to a point where you might doubt yourself or it's an attack or whatever it is. You just say, stop. And if they don't stop, you, you actually tell them, listen, I, I don't want to hear that kind of talk anymore. And if you continue talking this way, I will end this conversation and I will call you when I'm ready again. And they realize, oh, he's not fooling around. She's not fooling around. She means this. And then after that, they'll know not to go. And they might try and they will. Okay. And you have to remind them, no, right? So you're basically training people, you know, sometimes, like I said, you have no choice, mother, father, brother, sister, whatever it is, okay? If they're super toxic, then that brings you to a different level. But if they're just, you know, just being themselves, they don't know any better, whatever, you have to create a boundary that protects yourself and, and filter everybody else, you know, out or in, depending on, on who they are you are meant to be a certain way. And if you allow, if you hang around something negative all the time, trust me, it pull you in. It pulls you in. Whether you know it or not, it pulls you in this very bad energy. And all of a sudden you're attracting all these people. What you want to do is start attracting people that are like-minded like you, that uh, have a positive energy, that uplift you, that are better than you. Okay. I, I surround myself with people that are smarter than me. My staff is smarter than me. Okay. 
I don't know everything. And that's another thing that people have to really be open to, especially, you know, in coaching, when I take on a client, they've got to know that they have to be open to new possibilities and new ideas. If you're closed minded, if you think you know it, then you're not going to learn. We don't know what we don't know. I keep saying that because people are like, oh, yeah, I've done five retreats. I have people, I have clients that have done 50, 100 retreats and still come to me and go, wow, I didn't know that. And I go to coaches that I don't, you know, like, and I'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. Right. Mm. We don't know everything. We can't always open your mind to learning something new. So that's one thing is just filter and being open to the possibilities that what's out there. It's very, very important because distractions will come, but you're in control of what distracts you and what doesn't. Yeah. And I think this is such an important conversation, especially for high powered entrepreneurs that want to go to even higher levels. The, 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 the whole notion of setting boundaries. And I think it proceeds even knowing your boundaries. For me, I, for the longest time, I had no boundaries. I was just, okay, whatever, you know? And a lot of it, and you and I both are part of the Bellwether Alliance, where one of the success laws is the law of open cycles. And it's among my favorite laws because I find it so practical. And I have applied that also to the emotional realm. Because to me, an open cycle is also, you're feeling something, but you're not saying it. Right. Why are you not saying it? Oh, because you think if you said that to your mother or father, or whoever, this person, then they would reject you. They would be upset. They are going to be hurt or they're not going to like you as much. And then you say, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time for that. It's uncomfortable. So you're just going to add it and you add it. And then over time, you've added so much emotional baggage that it just pulls you down. And I find you really make it very clear why it is so important to protect your own space because you need that space to become so single focused on what it is that you want. And you are the living, breathing example of that. For you at a time, it was healing. It was like, God, I want to live. And now it's become creating and, and giving to people and, and transforming lives and helping others transform their clients' lives. So I think you know, this conversation around boundaries is really, really important. And I want to ask you, what would you say was one of the biggest misconceptions about investing in yourself when it comes to hiring coaches and bringing on advisors? What was one of the biggest misconceptions that you've had that has cost you a lot of money, time, and energy? Okay. I'm not sure of your question, but if it's like, how did I choose my coach? Is that what you want to know? Like, mm, or what I'm looking for is I see a lot of people that have limiting beliefs, right? You talked about the sort of the, yes. the, the, the limit, right? Around mm. the importance of investing in themselves. Right. And for me, for instance, I did this for a long time. Where I was like, I'll just be the lone wolf. Right. I can mm. do this myself. And I'm curious, have you had an experience where you had those beliefs and you ended up realizing, actually, this is not serving me? I've actually have, have had coaches from my early 20s. Wow. So it's, it's actually something that, yeah, I did really early on in my life. Uh, and I think it has to do with my craving to know, to know as much as possible. Um, so it would be either schooling or learning from a mentor 
or uh, getting rid of certain emotions or or highlighting other ones, right? Uh, so yeah, so since my 20s, I had that. Uh, I, I, the, the misconception that a lot of people do is, is, oh, you know, I don't want to spend the money. Uh, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have the money, but meanwhile, they'll go out for, um, I don't know, a <laughs> dinner that'll cost them a hundred dollars a week. Right. Um, <clears throat> and the thing is that let's say five, $10,000, $3,000, $2,000, that you will invest will actually not only save you money, it'll save you time, it'll save you frustration. And it might even save your business because that frustration and loss of money and that time accumulates. And you run out of money, and you run out of motivation. And then you Mm. end your career or your your purpose or whatever it is. How sad is that? If you would have invested the $1,000 or the $5,000 or the 10, whatever it is in training, then do know that it is an investment, just like when you went to college or university, it's an investment for your career, for your business, whatever it is. Mm. And by making that investment, you, you will exponentially multiply your earnings. Mm. So like I always say, you don't know what you don't know. Go out there, do, do your due diligence on who you're looking to. Don't be impressed by numbers on Instagram. Be impressed by the message. Be impressed by the accomplishments. Actually dig deep to the, in the person that you're looking to have as a coach. Uh, and don't, don't, don't be sold on charm either. Look at the actual accomplishments of the person, what they've done, their successes, how many years, whatever it is, whatever it is, just do your due diligence. Don't be impressed by the superficial stuff that social media uh, tries to pull off because I see that often a lot. There's a lot of like, become a millionaire, you know, make 20,000 a week. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I did it in three months. That's like the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> it's been <laughs> happening for years. Now they have this social media platform to advertise and people are buying into this stuff, investing a lot of money, uh, believing this charming, very good salesperson who, you know, goes by enough to b- be believable. And of course you like them, you know, they're, wow, they, you know, you're going to like them and that's why you want to do business. Don't do business with someone you like, do business with someone that you know, um, that you've researched and that you respect. Okay. So it takes work. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And I know like you've had, I'm sure you've had clients that self-sabotage, right? That's the other thing, right? Never heard about that one. (laughs) (laughs) That that kills me. I hate it so much when they do that. It's like you're self-sabotaging. Stop. But anyways, you know, so there's all of that too. They hire the coach and then they start self-sabotaging because their their doubt and their fears and all of that starts coming in. And you're like, oh no, oh no, I've seen this too often, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I, I think you may make a really interesting point when it comes to you know, choosing the people that you work with and in the social media age and, and and you are finding ways to discern and you say, you know, instead of going for someone that you like, go for someone that you respect. And I think that's a big difference because I have personally, I'm always looking for people that I respect. And some of the things that I've noticed is because of the way that I show up and, and who I am in the in the world of coaching, I often find that people get intimidated and don't actually tell me what I need to hear. 
and I hate it. And I'm like, please just give it to me raw. Just tell me that Mario, you are playing small. You are trying to talk yourself out of this. I can smell it. And <clears throat> I like the respect versus like, because respect to me comes with exactly that. For me, I respect people that can say, Mario, you are bullshitting yourself. I would never be upset. I'd be like, oh, amazing. What? Wow. Tell me, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? <laughs> what right? did I do? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I like that. Same and, here. And, and, Same and, here. And, and you talk about self-sabotage, right? So let's talk about that for a moment. What would you say is it that makes people go into the self-sabotage cycle, even though they've already said, okay, I'm invested, I've committed, I've paid, you know, thousands of dollars. Why is it that they keep going back to that old place? Because now it's becoming too real. Mm. Before it's it was just you know, hope. Mm. Now it's becoming real. And they're going, mm. oh, 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 no, oh, no, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I have to expose my, my dreams now to everybody and everybody's going to know. And what if they all watch me fail? What now I'll be uh, everywhere, you know? Like when my book was about to release, be released or when what, like the, the day before, like tomorrow is the day. Oh my God. Was I scared? This fear just overcame my body. I'm going, oh my God. Like it's something I didn't really, didn't really ingrain itself. This is real. Now my book is being launched tomorrow. What if nobody buys it? What if they buy it and they hate it? Oh my God. I've exposed everything. It's been such a vulnerable, you know, book. What if they judge me? What if like all everything just came pouring down? I was like horrified, horrified, but it was too late now. <laughs> My <laughs> book was getting released, right? I wasn't going to say no. Yeah. But that's just being like, just to be very black and white. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened. Now, let's say I was halfway into it and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, it, the, the reality hit me a little earlier. I could have just stopped writing right? Um, I could have started making excuses. Oh, I don't have time, right? All the excuses start rolling in. I don't have time. Um, I'm running out of money, whatever it is. Uh, don't feel like it, whatever. You're using every excuse in the book. And the truth is, it's because reality hit you that this is going to be launched soon. And people are going to actually, you know, they will judge you on it. Good, bad. Who cares? You have yeah. to come to the acceptance that it's going to happen. Yeah. And, but the thing is, when you have a coach, the coach will help you guide you away from that and keep you focused and keep yeah. you going and keep you positive yeah. and keep you, you know, yeah. uh, you have to, you have to like have that meeting every week. What are you going to say? I'm not writing it anymore. Okay. Why? What's going on? What's making you go that way? What happened? Maybe someone said something at one point that made you doubt yourself again. Yeah. I'm not a good writer. I'm not a, you know, whatever it may be. Mm, so yeah. it's huge to have that ally, you know, a coach is an ally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially because of what you just said about this, you know, <clears throat> as you were speaking into the earlier in, in, in about this, you know, things falling apart. And then I, I believe you also said that it has to fall apart because before creation, there's destruction. You look at nature, like you look at, 
Yeah, I remember this conversation once with my um, with my dad, actually, and you know there was it was at the time where forests were burning, and he was looking at the news, and he was like, "Oh, this is awful! This is so terrible! Oh my god!" And I was sitting there, I was just looking at it more neutral, and he's like, "Aren't you upset?" And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "Why are you not upset?" And I said, "Well, because what's going to happen?" The ground where where the forest burned down will be nurturing the next generation of trees, right? Mm -hmm. It might not be ideal for us humans right now in this space, but over a millennia of time, this is the natural process. Before creation comes destruction, there's always a space. And you were talking about you know how you gotta almost allow an a version of you to die. You know, the version of you that isn't ready for, oh, God, it's it's going to be real now. It's like, let that version of you pass, you know, and it might pass with kicks and screams and, and trying to stab you and saying, no, we're not going to make this happen. You know, come up with all of the reasons why you think you're not qualified. Right. So I love this transition. And I also love that you're pretty just like you got to go all the way. If you're not all the way. And what are you doing? You have to commit. You have to commit. And you know, anytime we go through challenges in life, it feels like shit. And I always say, I even, you know, I know it, right? Okay. I feel horrible today. I, I just, it's, I just, you know, I want to give up. You know, all those emotions do go through in your head at times. Now, how long do they stay there? That's the difference. Yeah. You got to, pro- you know, it's normal. We're human. We're going to have doubt. We're going to have fear. It's not about not having, you have to have these emotions. They're, like I said, they're there for a purpose. But it's how how long do you stay in that mud, you know? Mm. You're in mud. Everything becomes very unclear when you're in that mud. Mm. But you have to go through the challenge in order to grow. And when you get past that challenge in in the right way, okay, you know, I put that in because there's, you know, there's not a right way, but there is a way of getting through it without hurting yourself without, you know, detrimining your, your mind, your body, your soul, whatever, like there's a way of getting through it where you could actually use it as a launching pad, which is what I did and what I keep doing. Mm. I am destroying part of me almost every day. I'm growing. When I stop growing, I'm dead. That's, Mm. that's how important it is to me. That's Mm. how important growth is to me. I will be, I remember my dad before he passed away, he was 74 years old and he was like, have a great idea for a new business. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I would admire that about him because he was always dreaming till the day he died. He was like, he knew he was going to die because he had very bad, a very bad heart. He'd be like, I have a a great idea for a new business. He was always like, just excited about something that's going to, that popped up in his mind and that he'd love to do. And it's, that's how people should be, be excited about the next thing that's coming up because it's a journey. You're never going to find this, you know, people want the, oh, when I get there, I'll do this. When I, you know, no, it's the journey. Be happy through the journey. Because when you do get there, guess what? You're going to want more something else. And you're never going to be happy because you're going to, you know, when you get that, I don't know, $5 million house or, or the boat and all of that, you're going to get all that. And you're going to be like, I want more or now I fear losing all this. So now you've transferred your fear into something else. Just Mm. be happy with the journey. Good, bad, ugly. And, Mm. and, and you'll have a fulfilled life. Yeah. Uh, Part of the journey. So fitting because so many people are attached to this 
using pain and deficiency as a motivation is like, you know, when I'll get there, then I'll be happy. And so they work with unhappy as their fuel to get towards happiness. And then when they get to that place, as you just pointed out, it's like they recognize, oh, I'm still not happy. Oh, I need more. Right. And <clears throat> oftentimes what I see in people when I present this approach, they're like, oh, but if I just am happy now with where I'm at and enjoy everything, then why go further? And I'm like, <clears throat> Don't you really appreciate the whole growth expansion process? Isn't that a lot of fun to you? So yeah, of course it is. Well, then doesn't it make sense that when you're feeling really good about yourself and happy that you just naturally want to do more of the things that make you feel really good? And then the lamps go up. Oh, so I don't have to be uh, a couch uh, potato uh, watching Netflix 24 seven. It's like, no, you know, you can be happy and have the drive, have the hunger to push you forward in life. So <clears throat> Catherine, I have two more questions that are really curious. How are you going to answer them? And I'd like to ask them uh, uh, specifically to all my guests that come to the show. And it's like, number one is, if you had a magic pill that would allow you to 10x any area of your life, what would you choose and why? Oh, my God. What would I want 10x? That's a good one. I... I... I don't know. I guess I have a great relationship. I have a great life. Uh, you know, when, when, when I think to next, I always think business, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I guess, you know, business, that's the only thing I could, you know, like, that's the only thing that, because I think 10x, I think money, I don't think of like, personal development, because I feel like I'm with my personal development, I'm good, and I keep getting good. And I don't expect anything more than my body and my mind and my soul can handle. I think it, it needs mm. its time to cultivate itself. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't want to put that burden on, on that question, you know, like on that, on that answer, but when it comes to 10 X, Hey, why not 10 X my business? <laughs> That's yeah, why not? Exactly. Right? So, so. <laughs> business because that means that means i'm helping more people transform mm. and which is my purpose so 10x my clients 10x uh uh the retreats 10x the transformation if that can multiply exponentially like that and there's 10 times more tomorrow people doing what i you know what i'm hoping they're doing with transformation then that would be amazing mm, i love that answer and yeah you know, it speaks into what you're doing, um, you know, into the transformation that you're facilitating and that you're helping clients take on. I mean, I've been to retreats. Um, you obviously have been to a variety of them all over the world, I'm assuming. Um, but it's really beautiful to see what can happen in a retreat because of also what you have experienced at the very beginning of this journey that you're now on, where you are locking yourself into a carefully crafted environment which essentially a retreat is it's a carefully crafted environment that has very very strong boundaries to the outside world so that inside of it you have this powerful and safe space for life-changing transformation to take place every time you do a retreat for your clients you're 10xing their transformation because sometimes what happens is when you're doing one-on-ones monthly, weekly, whatever it may be, distractions will happen. They're living outside 
that wall of, you know, so you could either lose them, right? At one point, they just stop. You could either uh, transform them, but it'll take maybe a year or years, right? When you bring them in a space of one week where there's like-minded people, not only is your program going to help them because they're focused, but the energy of the group and the transformation and the help that they get from each other, it just, that's when you get a 10x happening yeah. mm-hmm. is because there is no distractions. And that at that goal that would have taken years takes maybe even two days I've seen. Mm-hmm. In my retreats, when I've hosted, I've seen someone literally three years of not, um, facing what they needed to face happened within 48 hours yeah yeah and that was incredible to watch because you actually see their physical being changed in front of you you know it's happening yeah and to me i'm like i feel like i won the lottery like it's such a like (gasps) euphoric feeling seeing that happen in that person right like something so instant that took years Mm. years years happens like that yeah and, and 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 that's one of the reasons why I feel so drawn to this work and also called to doing my own retreats in the near future, uh, which is something that you know you and I can definitely talk about more. And and you know, having seen people that have gone through decades of trauma, of suffering, of just carrying it on their shoulders, and then in a moment in this cultivated experience, just go boom. And their eyes widen and their whole body posture shift. And you can hear this, oh, this, this freedom, this breath of freedom almost. Let's call it that, right? And to be able to facilitate something like that, I mean, incredible. And, you know, with the respect of time, I want to ask you one more question, which I'm really curious how you're going to answer that. And that is, if you could spend an hour of your time with any person dead or alive, and take them, you know, maybe for lunch, who would it be and why? Mm. Uh, It would be my dad. (laughs) Mm. As you can see, he was an influential person in my life. Uh, Because although like, you know, when he passed, it was very sudden. um, There's certain things I know now, you know, it's been what, 2009, 13 years later. There's certain things I know and I understand now that I didn't understand at the time when I was younger, okay? And I would want to ask those questions to him, you know? And it has to do about the programming, his programming and how I got programmed after that and all of that. And I would ask him like key questions that I would want answers to um, that I didn't know of 12, 13 years ago. Because I think it's very important, you know, we could, we could, I don't know, we could name somebody who is famous or whatever, but they did not impact me the way my parents have in my life. I don't care Mm. who you are. Your parents are the most impactful people in your life. They're the ones who programmed you. So I think these questions would be key to ask him or even someone more, you know, in the linear, you know, in my family, linear, like my grandmother, my like someone who would have the answers to certain things that have created a dynamic in the family and our minds and our souls mm, just to get wow. those answers. Cause I think it would help me elevate my experience for the rest of my life also yeah. and my child's. Yeah. So very I, I, important. 
Yeah. I really appreciate that answer because most people do say certain celebrities or influential leaders over time. So I really appreciate you bringing forward your dad. And I got to say, I really enjoyed our conversation, Catherine. You've dropped a lot of very practical insights to how people can grow and expand. And, you know, before we end the conversation, how can people connect with you? What's the best way to find you online? So if they go on LinkedIn, Catherine Contos, or they go, go directly on my website, retreatboss.com and see what I do and how I can help them. But if they want to connect with me personally, LinkedIn is the best way. I will definitely answer there. Um, and yeah, I'm happy and always open with with any questions or or just, you know, just to touch base and see how we can collaborate and help each other. Yeah. Or how <clears throat> I can serve that in any way. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Catherine. I will be sure to adding all of the links in the show notes. So my invitation is connect with Catherine. She's a joy. She sits on a fountain of knowledge and wisdom and resources, very open and generous in, in supporting one another. And if you might be thinking about a retreat, this is your time. Catherine is your place to go to. So Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to another conversation soon. As do I. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And thank you, my dear friend, for tuning into this episode of The Self-Doubt Solution. My name is Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.